It's 2023, and there are over 100 episodes of conflicting information as this guy learns and takes new directions and shares his own opinions, like it or not. Welcome to The VO Life, a podcast for those who are trying to figure out how to build a career in VO from a guy who just seems to always learn the hard way. Now here's your host, Troy Holden. Hey, 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 welcome back. You have found us. It is the VO Life. We are uh, somehow laboring through summer here in Tennessee, and I, I hope uh, as we talk to our guests today that they've got better weather than we've got, but I think it's, it's pretty warm everywhere. But um, voiceover is voiceover, whether it's hot or not, uh, whether you're under your, your blankets, under a, a tent, or you've got a nice studio or whichever. But today I want to welcome Michael Kennedy. Hey, Michael. Hey, Troy. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just like I said, miserably hot. I mean, walk outside. The heat index was 112 today. And, you know, you go out just, just to go out just to see how bad it is. And you come right back in and your shirt's ringing wet. Oh, I, yeah. I just, oh. It's, I'm, I'm in Florida. We invented the heat index. We invented Oh, humidity. yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, you guys know all about it too. We're used to it by now. It's just part of the everyday, regardless of what month it is, season it is. Yeah. That's yeah, just Florida. That's true. That's true. I used to come down to the the Panhandle a lot. My parents had a, a place down there, and um, it, it, it's really from going from Nashville all the way down through Alabama and into the Panhandle. It, it's it didn't change. It's you still Alabama. The Panhandle we still consider Alabama. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's all it's it's it's, it's just the extension just of the Gulf Shores. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, they just uh, I don't know why they didn't adopt it when they set it up, but anyway. Well, Michael, let's get into your journey a little bit because yeah. I had um, noticed you and I were in the automotive group and uh, mm -hmm. I had seen uh, some things in there from you. And it inter interested me because I do some, some, some automotive work. I've worked with Cliff. We do workshops, uh, I host those with Cliff and Jenna. And anytime we can talk to somebody about automotive, which we will here in a yeah. few minutes, I want to do that. But tell us a little bit about what you did prior to VO. You've been in quite a bit longer than I have. You started in 2010, yeah. but take us back to what you were doing prior to that and walk us through how you got started and what kind of path you took <laughs> as you worked your way full time. Yeah. Um, before VO, I worked in advertising and before that I worked in music. I um I was a digital marketing manager for a record label many years ago. And then I tried and I left and I wanted to move back home to New York and tried to get another record label job and nothing came of to fruition. So I ended up working in sports advertising. And uh that was a I call it the best worst job ever because I was making great money, but that was a high call volume turn and burn type of of, uh, of environment selling advertising. But at the same time, you know, more than a decade later, um, I've embraced making cold calls and, you know, embracing uh, being told no. Um, I love cold calling clients. I know a lot of fellow voiceover talent think the cold call is a dead, uh, a dead medium. I still think it's an art form. Um, if you know how to cold call and properly pitch and do your homework, it could pay off in spades. And uh, it's done that for me with several several clients that I've landed off of a cold call that I still work with for years on end. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. when I worked at advertising, I had a client 
Debbie Sadler, who I still speak with. And Debbie was the VP of marketing for a company called Marcal Paper, M-A-R-C-A-L. And they are a value brand level uh, consumer goods paper company. So tissues, napkins, toilet paper, those types of products. Mm -hmm. And she was doing advertising campaigns with me, but she would just always compliment me on my voice. And I just took it as a compliment and didn't really think much of it. Um. Until she called me one day out of the blue and said, you know, in a couple of weeks, we have the new product launch. Um, I said, yeah, I'm working on the campaigns for you. And she said, well, we're going to run a few radio spots. I want you to voice them. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) Uh, I was 23. I'm 37 now. And uh, I had no idea what she was asking of of me. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, we have a studio here in New Jersey. Just come into Jersey on the weekend. We'll give you the scripts. You know, you'll do your reads. I'll pay you on a spot and you'll go home. And I said, okay. And I went in on a Saturday. It was her, the producer, um, her ad agency rep, and me in the booth. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did two spots and it was immediately just comfortable. And I did my reads. They loved it. I was happy. They paid me 500 bucks on the spot for two regional radio spots. And then I left and I was like, this was fun. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly that I already had a lot of the fundamentals that you use in voiceover work without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. I've been a singer since I was in middle school. Um, I've one of my degrees is in music. Um, I was the uh, DJ for my college radio station. I was a morning news announcer uh, throughout my uh, adolescence in high school and in college. Um, so I already had a lot of kind of that fundamental of of vocal performing, if if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, after I was done working with uh, with Debbie, I said, "Well, this is fun." And as if I didn't have enough on my plate, because I was working in advertising and I was going to school for my master's at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and found voiceover classes and I found a coach. Uh, gentleman's name is John Terzis, T E R Z I S. And, uh, I think he actually moved out of New York and lives in Tampa Bay now, but he had a very impressive resume and his studio was a few blocks away from where I was working in Manhattan. And I remember our first day of, uh, of one-on-one training, I was probably a little too cocky. Uh, Cause I had just done a couple of radio spots and this mm-hmm. was, you know, you know I big wig now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a very, very dry personality. And uh, he said, okay, let's throw you in the booth and let's see what you could do. So I go into the booth, I do some reads and I, and I feel good about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says to me from the other side of the studio, put your cans on your headphones, put your cans on. And I said, how'd I do? He goes, that was absolute fill in the blank expletive. Let's let's start over. And I said, okay, great. <laughs> that uh, that was a that was a uh, nice piece of humble pie I had to eat there. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, I trained with him for about seven or eight months. Every mm-hmm. single week, two to three times a week. Every single week for about eight months. Mm-hmm. And then I put my first demos together, and uh, then I just started kind of pounding the pavement. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of aging myself, I would uh, grab the yellow pages. Kids today right. have no idea what the yellow pages are. 
Right. And uh, I would hit up local businesses. You know, I mm-hmm. went right. I went right to the law section. Who mm-hmm. advertises more than attorneys do? Exactly. So exactly. I, you know, yeah. I already had plenty of experience making cold calls. So I would cold call these these law offices and other small businesses. I hooked up with the Chamber of Commerce in mm-hmm. my hometown and just got my word out and again just pounding the pavement. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a home studio set up right away. I had um, uh, a buddy of mine that owned a recording studio down the block from my office called Flavor Lab in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, my office was on 33rd and Park in Manhattan. And uh, his off his studio was on 27th and Park. So during my lunch breaks, I would either take the subway over to his studio or walk on over, do any auditions that I needed to do or you know uh, any bookings that I got, and then come back during my lunch break. And then after work, I would go there. And obviously, that wasn't a sustainable sustainable mm-hmm. process because you're paying out of pocket you know right. but i was i was saving up for you know putting something together mm-hmm. plus flavor lab has done a plethora of uh incredible not just voiceover work but just audio production work overall mm-hmm. so they were a really great team to learn from yeah. learning all the bells and whistles of all the different equipment um was was truly a great experience and again that was in uh that was in 2010 and uh, 2023, here we are. October will be uh, 13 years in October. Wow, 13 years. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That's um, uh, things were different when you when you think of starting in 2010, and and we look at a lot of people who are, who have started in the last, I want to say three years, right before COVID and as COVID hit, and boy, was there a slew of people that decided they could be voice actors, and a slew, <laughs> a slew. And there are all these platforms they can get on and all these things they can do. And, you know, I get it. It is so different, but I really love hearing this. This is more of the old school trick. And, and uh, uh, you know, I wish I could have taken a path more like that, but it had changed so much. You, you either went, you know, uh, coaches, training, hopefully to get an agent, maybe get on a pay to play, or you could come over here and do there are the, all these groups and people that are helping each other and they're doing this and that, and they're on Upwork and Fiverr and Badalgo and this and this and this and this, mm-hmm. and they're doing all that. And people are taking both paths and people are being successful in both of them. Usually the ones with longevity are going to be the one taking the other path with the, you know, the coaching and, and trying to do things like that and direct marketing. Interesting hearing you talk about cold calls. I can remember, and I can't, can't remember if it was maybe Paul Smith, it may be somebody else. I can't remember, but they really uh, hit the cold calls hard. And some of the marketing guys that are selling their VO marketing wares don't even talk about cold calls, but I'm with you. I like a cold call. Um, I try to, as I introduce myself to somebody, if we make some sort of connection, I instantly ask to get on a zoom call. And that, you know, whether it's through email or through they, they've just reached out to me through my website or whatever, I'll immediately reply, hey, hey, do you have time today for a 10 minute Zoom call so I can learn more about you and what you're looking for? Yeah. And I love that. I love to connect with people because when you're face to face with them and like you said, when you're talking to them and you, you have your routine and have everything down of what you want to get to. I think it is the most effective marketing. I'm with you 100%. And I wish I wish I did it more. I wish I would just pick up the phone and call versus sending out some of the emails I send. 
But um, yeah, I think it's great. Um, you're, you were talking about the importance of coaching by, you know, starting out with a coach, being with somebody often for quite a while. And yeah. I know you've also coached with others in the industry. Oh yeah. Um, uh, tell us. Always, about always learning. Always, still, always, always. Yeah, still exactly. Study. Yeah, exactly. Actually this weekend, um, I'm doing the, the trailer and promo workshop. Um, but, uh, it's, it seems like every week I'm looking, I'm either looking for a, a reasonable workshop or something, you know, to have at least a couple things a month that I get to. But, uh, this is, uh, Richard, um, gosh, I'm blank. What's Richard's last name? Redfield. I think Richard Redfield, the, okay. the promo, promo producer. Yeah. Anyway, he's, uh, he's doing a workshop on actually Sunday afternoon for six people. So I luckily got the last spot. I'm looking forward to it, but tell us about your coaching experiences of late and some of the people that you have really gotten a lot from. Yeah. Um, Mary Lynn Wisner, um, a, a legend in the voiceover world for commercial, tra- for commercial training. Um, if anybody who's anybody has worked with Mary Lynn in some capacity, mm-hmm. if you haven't, uh, I don't know what rock you're living under. Um, she's incredible. Yep. Um, and yep. then from a promo standpoint, uh, Jeff Howell mm-hmm. um, is the one who made me feel very comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, when I first started to get into promo, I have a deeper register voice, right? Speaking right. wise, I'm more of a baritone. Singing wise, I'm a bass. So when I wanted to get into promo, of course, I wanted to do the darker, more dramatic, serious, macabre type mm-hmm. promo work. And Jeff said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So does every other guy. Mm-hmm. He said, but you're a young guy. You've got a young kid. You're very animated. You're very extroverted. You should be doing more children's promo work. Mm-hmm. And I was very reluctant to accept that. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do the, mm-hmm. the NBC, how to get away with murder, that type of stuff. Right. right. And, he's, and he just force fed me children's promo work until... <laughs> I was blue in the face and just said, okay, fine. And, that's, um, that's funny. and I remember, um, after I put my promo demo together, I got to work with the one and only Joe Cipriano mm-hmm. who, um, I consider Joe a friend. Um, Joe is one of my voiceover idols. Um, I don't fanboy very much because I've worked with famous people mm-hmm. before, but, uh, some uh, a buddy of mine was at a, a voiceover conference and Joe was speaking at the conference and he mentioned my name and Joe said, "Oh, tell Mike I say hi and look forward to working with him again." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Joe knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> he knows my name." Um, yeah. Yep. So working with Joe Cipriano was uh, initially intimidating, but he's the most laid back mm-hmm. uh, guy ever. Yep. Him and uh, his wife Annie is a, a lovely woman. Um, and and their family, um, those those three individuals have been paramount in um, in my success in in voiceover world. Awesome, um, yeah. Um, but I'm also always practicing every single every single day, even if it's not voiceover scripts per se. Right? Mm-hmm. I'll look at I'll look at commercials or. I'll look at a movie or I'll watch a promo on TV and I'll just, you know, I'll pre-record it or, or I'll pause it and, and rewind it and mm-hmm. practice it or do it my own way or 
I find a bunch of really great opportunities on TikTok because I'm very active on on TikTok. And even if it's not with fellow voiceover talent on, on TikTok, there's a lot of um, other TikTok videos where I can kind of showcase my voiceover talent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and make duets of that. Like a lot of my TikTok content is automotive related because that's been a big niche for me in the voiceover world. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of automotive brands that make their own promotional videos and I'll just duet them and I'll make some script off off the cuff of whatever car they're featuring or right. Right. What, uh, what have you. That's good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, automotive, I did want to get into that because I noticed, I think you had a recent post and you were talking about the goal of hitting that 1000 automotive spots. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're halfway there, right? I'm at 588 is where I'm that's, at now. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So in your, uh, in your marketing for that, did you take pretty much the same approach or did you, um, uh, or did some of that come through other avenues? Yeah. So I had done some sporadic automotive spots here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was actually, uh, the head of F and I for the largest Ford dealership in New York state when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's actually the one that got me into cars mm-hmm. and I've actually done some commercial work for the dealership that she worked for, um, which is very funny because you know, that fa- the family that owns that dealership has known me since diapers and they're like mm-hmm. little Mikey's voicing our stuff, um, <laughs> which is, which is very, very cool. And um, mom never got to see it cause mom passed on a couple of years ago, but it was cool to voice some, some spots for the dealership that she worked for. Mm-hmm. So I had some, um, some automotive spots here and there, but what really ramped up my automotive bookings was something that wasn't even automotive related at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done a narration video for a dental implant company and they were based out of San Antonio. Now I have several sisters and my sisters live less than two hours from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So I've been to San Antonio many times, right? So I said, you know what? And this dental implant company was based in San Antonio, like I said. So I said, you know what? I'm going to blitz San Antonio. I'm going to call every ad agency, every production company, video production, audio production company, and pitch the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. And I was calling and I was you know, having some great conversations and I sent out my demos and, you know, booked a couple of calls. And then one of the very last conversations I had was with this woman named Jackie Delgado, who at the time worked for a company called the PM Group. And that was one of the last phone calls that I had had. And uh, about a week later, I get a phone call, and it's a 210 number. I'm like, oh, that's San Antonio. And I answer the phone, and I say, hi, this is Mike. And the woman on the other end says, hi, Mike. Uh, Mike my name is you know so-and-so. I work for this agency. Um, I got your name from Jackie Delgado at the PM group. I said, oh, how do you know Jackie? She said, Jackie and I have been friends for 15 years. Our offices are in the same building, but three floors apart. Ah. We were having lunch the other day talking about our projects, and she brought your name up Mm -hmm. because you had called her the day before. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, small world. I I said, how can I help you? She goes, well... I represent this automotive group. 
We have six locations in Texas. We have a voice for um, each one of our dealerships, except for the Buick store. And we also need a voice for the overall auto group brand. We don't have a voice for that either. Mm -hmm. But Jackie sent me your demos. I loved what I heard. We want to book you. And she goes, you know, we want we want to try you out and see how the market responds. No audition, nothing. Straight mm-hmm. book, straight booking mm-hmm. off of my demos. Yeah. And that led to an 18-month relationship with this automotive group. Um, I had booked um 70 commercials with them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is off of a cold call. Yeah. Um, and I had a really great relationship with them. Um, I was with them for 18 months before they brought on a new regional marketing manager um, who then said that we want to use a female voice moving forward, which is fine. Listen, I had mm-hmm. sure. nothing to complain about 18 months, 70 commercials off of a cold call. Come on. Right. Um, right. And then she even had more work for me, you know, because I was doing right by her. Mm-hmm. My job is to make her job easier. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, she called me one day and said, Hey, by the way, this uh, major city in Texas, their tourism bureau is running a holiday campaign uh, and they need a voice for the holiday campaign. I hope you don't mind, but I gave them your name and they want to book you for 10 commercials uh, for a Christmas time. Are you, are yes, you in? Yes, I mind. Stop doing that. <laughs> You're giving me free money? Um, so that was that. Was that. And then um, after... Uh, after we kind of after we parted ways, you know, she still kept me on on uh, on the roster for other clients that she had had that were non automotive related, and we've and we've continued to work together in, in um, you know in a capacity. Mm-hmm. But that just kind of led me to immediately ha- build my credibility with the automotive world and just start hitting up everybody else in the automotive world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, both at the national, regional, and, and local levels. Mm-hmm. And I made some great relationships with other with other regional folks uh some other dealerships um even got in contact with the ad agency reps at some of these manufacturers national brands with their with their ad agencies but after 18 months with this one automotive group i said well san antonio was good to me Mm -hmm. i said let me go back to the wishing well and i hit up all these agencies and production companies again now remember it's been two years since i talked to anybody in san antonio they don't remember me right so, but now, you know, I've got almost a hundred automotive spots under my belt between the 70 that I did for, for this one auto group and the other 20 some odd, 30 some odd I had done for all these other automotive entities. Uh-huh. Now I have a little bit more, uh, uh, credibility. Yeah. So I called, you know, I would call these agencies and give them my pitch and I found the, uh, regional marketing guy who handles Subaru. The regional marketing guy that handles Toyota and the regional marketing guy who handles Ford mm-hmm. and all had great conversations. I auditioned with, um, with all three and the Subaru guy picked me up. Um, so I've been doing Subaru commercials for the last four years in October mm-hmm. In October will be four years, um, working with the Subaru dealer groups in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, and we just did a uh, commercial number 300. Wow, with that's them. awesome. And again, these that's are these awesome. are F, you know these are cold calls, um, and um, so that's that's been a fantastic relationship with 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 my team there. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, another great tool is uh, Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a audio only social media app. And I think the 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 light has kind of dimmed a little bit on Clubhouse. I don't think people are as uh, proactive on it as, mm-hmm. as they once were right. when it first when it first came out. I think it's kind of a almost a flash in the pan mm-hmm. network. But as a voiceover talent, it's audio only. Like <laughs> I'm right. literally selling myself every time I go into a room and interact with anybody. Right. Um, so when I first got on the platform, right, you you build your profile and you pick your interests and it generates a hallway with rooms of you know of whatever topic you want to go into. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of other voiceover talent are in these rooms and they're in voiceover rooms and training and practicing amongst themselves, which is which is great because I would go into those rooms all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm like, I can talk to these guys and gals anytime I want to. Right. I'm going where the clients are. That's right. So I would hang out in the in the video production rooms and just sit back and listen, just take notes mm-hmm. on the on the lingo that these guys are saying. You know, what's important to them when filming certain commercials and projects and the equipment that they're using. Just even if it's not directly voiceover related, if I can speak to Sony Red cameras and such and such lighting. Mm-hmm. Like oh this this guy's actually done his homework, mm-hmm. um, but then I would I would also hang out in automotive rooms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and sure. not just automotive fan rooms, but there were rooms that were uh, attended by executives who work for these manufacturers who run these auto dealer groups. Mm-hmm. Now me being the son of a woman who led F and I for the largest Ford dealership in New York State, I know my automotive lingo. Back in the day when invoice which is what the dealer pays the manufacturer that used to be called tissue so when i throw out the word tissue these old guys are like who the hell is this kid why do you know what the word tissue is ah. um so i immediately build this credibility and i have forged really great relationships with the men and women in these clubhouse rooms mm-hmm. um and i've done a couple of hundred spots with uh with them again like i said i'm at 588 total automotive spots and uh these three companies that i hooked up with through clubhouse they send me spots every single week that's that's fantastic on top of the other on top of the other you know other stuff that i book from yeah uh, yeah this is a fantastic uh timed podcast because there's there's so much uh, so many people that are, you know, been in VO a couple of years and they're like, you know, and I'm begging them, you got a direct market, you got a direct market, you know, I'll never get any work. Yes, you can. If you're trained and you're good and you'll direct market, there's somebody out there that needs your voice, you know, that everybody's not going to use yours or not going to use mine. They, they have something else in mind, but you have to direct market. You know, if you don't put all these spokes in the wheel or all these funnels, you know, feeding your income, you are not going to make it in voiceover. It's just, you can't sit at home and expect agents to send you auditions and you book enough of that to make a living. Not right. anymore, not anymore. You know, that used to be the way, but it's changed. And even uh, a lot of really highly successful people who have agents will tell you only five to 10% of my income comes from my agents. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, you got to hustle. If you want to be in this business, you got to hustle. Well, um, that's one I've been, a, I've been a sales guy my entire entire life so direct yeah, marketing you, is you have that perfect combination of uh, i think uh, some of the 
best voiceover people I've heard either have an audio or a music background because mm-hmm. they have that in their body. You know, you you can read copy and you can feel it and you can get into it. And, uh, you know, oh, I love it when a client sends me a music bed, you know, because I can, I can really get into it. And oh, I think thousand, a lot of us. thousand percent. Thousand yes. percent. Yes. I've, like, I've, I've, I've clients, I have smaller clients that they'll ask me for recommendations on on the production side which is a nice little upsell for me absolutely i can upsell them the you know the music bed if i need to write the music for them or or provide them with royalty-free music suggestions Mm -hmm. it's uh it's fun to kind of get into that extra layer of it is finished product it is and i think those of us that have that background all all of this is easier for us and you know i see people they struggle with their doll they struggle with this and struggle with that and and i get it if you don't understand any of this you've never done any of it it's got to be hard for them it really does um let's hit one or two more things real quick before we go um let's talk a little bit and i don't know if you're a conference person if you go to any of the vo conferences much but let's talk a little bit about either conferences or just association with other voice actors yeah um i've been to a couple of vo atlanta conferences Mm -hmm. um i haven't been able to go to a lot of conferences because i'm a single dad so um, it, it's, it's tough to get away for, for a while, but, right. um, I think conferences are, are great opportunities to meet agents and producers and, and managers and, you know, other talent and learn from everybody. I mean, that's how I got my first, I don't want to say real agent. My first national agent was at a conference, mm-hmm. you know, I had just put my promo demo together and I had sent it out and. I got you know some responses, and um, I was in communication with the assistant of um, one agent from one of the one of the big five, and uh, I didn't know he was going to be at VO Atlanta that year. Mm-hmm. So I was walking to dinner with two other VO talent friend of mine, and I see him sitting by himself at the bar, and I'm like, "I will see y'all two later. I'm gonna go buy him a drink." Right, opportunity. Yeah. And we sat and and we you know shot the breeze for a couple hours having having dinner and and a couple of uh, a couple of mojitos, and then I flew out to L.A. and and that was that. You know, he said awesome. he's you know, he's like oh you know you can you can do your audition from home. I'm like I'm flying out to L.A. You you will see me in person. Awesome, and, uh, awesome. But yeah, if I didn't have that opportunity uh, at the conference, I I don't you know I don't know how much that you know. I definitely think it helped. I don't think it, it, it certainly didn't hurt. I'll tell you that much. Uh, absolutely. Because he absolutely. got to see who Mike is outside of the booth. Yeah. Yeah, right? that does matter. I mean, that's why I love these Zoom calls. You know, you can make connections with people and, and it becomes personal and and uh, they learn more about you. And I, I just think that's the fantastic thing. They're, they're not, uh, you know, not trying to give, this is not a secret. They're not uh, working with you because of the way you look or and sometimes not even always the way you sound it is you as a person they connect with you they know you're going to deliver you know they know you're going to you know you've got the work ethic and you're going to do the right things and all the other is is icing because all the other people can give the icing but only you can give you and that's what they're looking for you know they want that that person um, one of the things that that I've found in the last year or so is I've, I've started started trying to give back a little bit um, yeah. helps you know help some people that are 
you know, new and struggling. And, and I had started a Facebook group and uh, it's up to about 16, 1700 people. And occasionally I'll see somebody in there that I can tell they've got some good raw talent. They're really trying and I'll reach out to them and try to help. I think it's important. We do some things, you know, like that, but it's hard to do it and have the time to do it. But are, are there some things that you try to do with the community, the VO community uh, to where you're involved in doing some things or what do you like to do to, uh, to work inside the community like that. Yeah. So I, I actually like to do things inside and outside of the community, mm-hmm. um, inside the community. I mean, anytime somebody reaches out to me, I'm never going to tell them to kick rocks. I, I'm happy to answer their, mm-hmm. their questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's pretty basic questions, I'll, you know, point them toward, you know, the, the, the straight answer. Mm-hmm. But if they come with, if they, if they come at me with real insightful curiosity, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I'm happy to like take, you know, 20, 30 minutes of my time and jump on a zoom and like go through it mm-hmm. all. Absolutely. Um, you know, if they just come in like, how do I break in? I'm like, go here. Like, right. You right. know, but like right. if you do your homework and come with real insightful, curious questions and truly see that you actually want to learn mm-hmm. about it, I'll mm-hmm. happy to happy to take time out of my day to, to work with new talent. Yeah. Because I was new at one point. I still treat myself like I'm new. I'm nowhere near where where I want to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still have, I still meet with some of the, the most talented names in this industry and learn from them and take notes, mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. studying. Even right. the biggest, even the biggest names constantly study. Absolutely. Um, so that's what I do there. And then one of the things that I like to do that's actually outside of the voiceover community, just a kind of a personal thing for me, mm-hmm. is um, I do a thing that I call books for bookings. Mm-hmm. So I basically count the number of bookings I have for that year. Mm-hmm. And I go to the dollar store and I buy that same number of books. Ah, gotcha. So if I, let's just say I have a thousand bookings that year, mm-hmm. I will go to the Dollar Tree and I will buy one thousand books, mm-hmm. right? For a couple of for a couple of bucks, mm-hmm. and I will take those books and I will hook up with uh, a school in need here in South Florida mm-hmm. and donate them, and that's it. Awesome. I don't awesome. do it. For, I don't do it as a tax break. I don't do it yeah. for anything other than like I had a good year. I had clients that trusted me. I never have to go back to wearing a suit and tie again. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. This is what I get to do. I get to play for a living. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful for what I get to do. You know, and and I get to read and you know, I I give these books to to these schools. I actually met a gentleman who I'm still friends with. We met at a car event. <laughs> we met a few years ago at a car event. He was a uh, uh he's an assistant principal at a at a school here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh not no not the best school. They were definitely in in need. And I donated, uh, I donated a, uh, a bunch of books to his school that year, and then I also came in as a. Um, they had a, um, a career day. Uh-huh. So he asked yep. me to come in for for a career day. Yep. And then uh, what was really cool was at the end of the career day, right, all of us gathered in in the cafeteria, and they had this almost like award ceremony type backdrop, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't know this right you know. They gave us a little like plaques of like thanks for coming to career day and whatever, yeah. and uh, there was like I think there was like ten of us. There was myself. There was a police officer. There was a nurse. There was a firefighter. Was, you know, other people from the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was one of the first people to get called up. But it was all the kids in the school that were there. It was it was an actual assembly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh to hear the kids uproar for me, yeah, was awesome. Like my buddy, you know, my buddy Terrell is standing, he goes, geez, they love you, Mike. <laughs> I was like, this, it was it was fun. Yeah. You know, having yeah, having these have you know, having these kids, you know. Uh, fan for me, and you know, having his kids yeah. come up to me asking for my autograph, which was adorable. Yeah, it's it's um, really neat. Yeah, kids, so that's, that's one of the things that I like to do. Kids and grownups are fascinated by what we do. Um, oh, yeah, I, I go to. I'm a member here, of the Chamber of Commerce. I do their. Um, there's a big strawberry festival, and they they buy 15 seconds on Nashville TV, and and I fully produce their 15 second commercial. I put the voice on it, all the video, put it all together. Yeah, and and um, and then I do a weekly podcast for them. It's 10, 12 minutes, and I'll talk to a city official or a local business person or whatever, and that's my give back to to the city, which I enjoy doing. But um, uh, I went to uh, one of the the luncheons, and I was kept thinking, you know, they go around the room, and I'm the HR manager at so and so, and I do this at so and so. So I said, the next time we go, I'm bringing a Bluetooth speaker because I can never really explain what I do, and, I, yeah. and I'm just going to say, here's what I do, and I played my commercial demo, and I just held the speaker up, and yeah. I could watch their eyes like they could, you know, they just thought it was so amazing and cool yeah. that you do what you do. And, uh, and I wasn't doing that to try to get anything other than say, this is, you know, this is what I do. You know, you hear the podcast and you hear me talking to people, but this is what I really do while I'm at home most of the day. And, and, uh, and then oddly enough, two people later call me up and they say, you know, the guy that has the radio station here, he does all the commercials. If I could pay you like 50 bucks, could you put your voice on mine (laughs) instead of his? And I'm like, yeah, because it only goes eight miles. So yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? And I do a couple of uh, companies here in town, like a, a screen printing place and a coffee shop. But uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, to it's, do, yeah, it, it's always it's always good to keep things around your around your roots. You know, it, keeps, it is keeps, keeps you it humble. Is. It you is. Know, but and, one, like you, this is not my hometown either. So I, you know, I moved. Yeah. I live down below Nashville, and now I'm up here on the Kentucky line in a tiny town. Live on a farm, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's fun to give back. Yeah, and and one of the things that you mentioned was talking to an HR manager. You know, when uh, when the pandemic hit, did I don't know about you, but my non-broadcast work just skyrocketed. Absolutely, absolutely. All this all this e-learning, corporate product videos through the roof. Yes, I, I can't tell you yeah. how much how much work I would get from like furniture restoration companies, <laughs> uh, which is like which is boring stuff, but. It's yeah. our job to make it engaging. That's right. Um, That's right. And it, and you know, I don't see, uh, I don't see a lot of that totally changing either. I see companies still focusing on they're having people work from home and they're still doing all kinds of web-based training. And, um, and then now there is a supposed COVID surge going on again, or I've heard there is, um, and I'm starting to see more inquiries about things like that too. So, well, I like you know, the fun. I like the fun stuff and the glamour stuff, but it's all yeah. that other that pays the bills. You know, a lot but of times. You, you know what's funny too? I'm never. I'm still never surprised at the things that I'll book or my friends book because you don't mm-hmm. think about stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. my a friend of mine, um, she's the voice of the self checkout machine at Target. I'm like, who even thinks of that? exactly so like so, so it's funny like exactly. well, I'll, you know when i go to target i'll use a self-checkout machine and i'll hear her voice i'm like all right amy have a good day <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just like things you don't even 
think about. No, um, I'm I'm at a museum somewhere, and you know where you walk up to a display and you push the button and it plays yeah. something out of the speaker. I've got oh, yeah. several of those gigs, uh, and and actually auditioned for one, and and I don't think they ever. I did a pitch project and it was going into Dollywood and it was all these virtual displays in Dollywood and they yeah. wanted narrators at different displays. But I believe the company that I did the pitch project with, they didn't win the project. Uh, another mm. company got the, you know, I guess they do uh, rides for all the, the parks and all that and do all these virtual things. But unfortunately, they didn't get it. But I got paid nicely to do the pitch. I mean, it was fun. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed doing it. But yeah, there's crazy things out there you can do. I've been I've been asked, and I don't know if you know you probably didn't have to, to deal with a lot of this kind of stuff because you you came into the industry a lot better way. But I will never forget. I had a guy message me, and he said he needed a a breakup letter read to his girlfriend, and and he said I just can't do it because I get all upset and I can't finish reading it. But I need somebody to read it. And your voice sounds a lot like my voice, and I think it'll work. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I still get some incredibly random requests like like that. Like I had a couple. <laughs> one of the most unique requests was like a, a, a pet meditation video. <laughs> and like That's all the words... Yeah, all the words were animal pun. Yeah, words like "you're perfect." Uh, <laughs> what? Like what? Wow! Who lets these people out of their basements? Uh, what are we doing? Um, isn't that the truth? Yeah. So, yeah. so again, it's uh, it's never a dull moment for us as, as VO talent. But no. uh, hey, we get we get stories out of it. Yeah. True. So, true. Well, Michael, I don't want to take up much more of your time. No, this, I, has been, um, this has been awesome. I have really enjoyed it. It's always good to get to know other voice actors, their journey and uh, and their personality. Um, it's it surprises me that you're probably not doing more video games and animation and stuff because <laughs> you're, you're like me. You've got this thing in you where you want to throw a voice out there and you want to do this and that. And uh, well, I, I just I had a big video game audition yesterday. So yeah, fingers, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. And, fingers and this crossed. industry takes us where we're good. You know, I think yeah. I think it dictate dictates to us a lot about the type of stuff we do as a majority. But uh, I had somebody ask the other day, well, how do you know? And I said, look at your last 25 jobs and categorize them. And that'll tell you by percentage, you know, where you're getting booked the most. And that should tell you, is it your total niche? It may not be, but it, yeah. it's where the industry has placed you. And sometimes it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've carved out my, my, my thing, you know, yes. I mean, I've, automotive will never die. Um, right. Right. Know, Cause that's, it's always changing, right? If it's not national, how many sales does a dealership have throughout the yes. year? President yes. president's day sale, Memorial day sale, end of school back to school beginning of summer end of summer right uh fall uh summer spring winter halloween veterans day absolutely fucking and sunday the model year the model yeah, year is changing exactly this is changing exactly. new you know uh-oh finance rates have changed we got to change that spot you know I, exactly it, exactly it's awesome and somebody uh, asked me at vo atlanta they said well what are you going to do when it when it's all electric cars i said they still got to sell them 
They yeah. still got to push them. It's going to be the same thing. Oh yeah. It's not going to change anything. Actually, it's going to help because now they got to, they're going to be doing both. You're going to have both lines. You know, I, uh, I think somebody told me yesterday and I can't remember the, uh, I'll forget the, the model. Uh, the Avalon, that the Avalon's going away. It was my fa- my father-in-law. And he said, I, he leases one every three years. He said, I can't get any more Avalons. What am nope. I going to do? And he said, now I, I've got to go. I'm going to test drive a Camry, but I'm not real sure I'm going to like the Camry. He said, but they were pushing the, the new luxury electric, the crown. Yeah, they're yeah. pushing the crown on him. And he was like, I, I can't do that. But, so, 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 here's a fun, so here's a fun fact. Toyota has the crown, but Camry... Uh, I, I I forgot. I think it was Toyota of Orlando or Toyota of Claremont that we're friends on TikTok. They said that Camry is a Japanese derivative of the word crown, mm-hmm. and Corolla is a Japanese derivative of the word for little crown. I'll be darned. So you've got three vehicles that have crown in their name in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And then if you if you rearrange the letters in the name Camry, it spells my car. Ah. Never thought of that. And here I am. I worked in automotive for 30 years on the manufacturing side, worked for Nissan. Uh, I left Nissan in 2004 or five. Well, you're in Nashville. That's where, that's where their headquarters yeah. is, right? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Franklin? And I, uh, well, yeah, the headquarters is in Franklin or Cool Springs. and yeah. uh, But I worked at the actual plant and was in logistics and uh, material handling and all that. And I went to a supplier of theirs and ended up being a plant manager and, and doing all that. Well, the last place I was at, we made um, the uh, oil drive chain and the timing chains and all the arms for the engines. And it was, we made for everybody. I mean, yeah. I don't, there weren't many companies that didn't buy what we had. And, um, yeah, I had a lot of Toyota experience, a lot of respect for that company overall. They're just so, um, I just love the way they do things, Toyota and Honda. Uh, but during that manufacturing career, of course, you would get called in if there was an issue or something had happened and you might have to go to the plant, my least favorite place ever to go. And they would purposefully put you in a broom closet with one burnout fluorescent light and no air conditioning. And that yeah. was Ford. They loved to beat their suppliers to death. Yeah. And I mean, they loved it. And, but Honda and Toyota always came at it from the point of, we all need to learn from this. Let's figure out what happened and let's all fix it together. Yeah. You know, but Ford was more like, you need to get nine people up here and start taking apart all these things and fixing these things. And if this ever happens again, yada, 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 you know, they, they never worked with you. And that was the difference, I think, in, you know, the culture change when the Japanese came to America and built these car plants. And that's why people want to work for them. You know, yeah. they're, I mean, they're Toyota's still the, yeah, Toyota's still the biggest manufacturer in the world right toyota's one and uh gm's two hyundai's three i think yep. ford's like i think ford's like four or five yeah hyundai has really come a long way uh since oh, yeah. they, first, they first got here when they first got here i mean you you just like oh i'll never you know yeah and look look at where they've come i mean with their quality it's it's oh. fantastic fantastic hey, kudos to kudos to those guys but i mean toyota i mean that that's a that's a comeback story for people that are old enough, right? They had that giant recall in what was yes. it, two thousand two thousand eight, right? Was somewhere it, was right it? in there, mm-hmm. six to seven thousand eight. <clears throat> yep, yep. And then it was they, on the brakes. Yeah, braking and then, and systems. Then, yeah, yeah. And then they dug themselves out of it, and somebody wrote the book, the Toyota Way, and yep. Toyota, whoever their marketing and PR teams are, 
they they know what uh, they're doing. Reshined that reputation really quick. They did. So they did. Um, you know, yeah. Kudos, kudos to them. But you know, I love the automotive. I love the automotive world, and it, it translates into my into my bookings. You know, yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm constantly with with these guys, and you know, all of my branding is always I am your voiceover. My website's I am your voiceover. All my social media is I am your voiceover. But for my automotive guys. Mm-hmm. I have a, a smaller website called thecarvoice.com. Ah, good move. Uh, it's same branding, same color scheme, but it's mm-hmm. just automotive focused. So it's my bio is tweaked just speak about automotive. Yeah. It, it, you know, the other uh, information on there is just automotive related. Just yeah. automotive content is is on there. And uh, I found this really cool um, profile on TikTok. Um, I forgot the girl's name. She's like, She's like 23, 24. She lives in California with her boyfriend. And uh, she will make a cartoon version. Oh, it's called Cartoon Car Club. So, uh, a, oh, a, plug for okay. her, a plug for her. Cartoon Car Club. You pay her like 30, 40 bucks. You send her a picture of your car and she'll draw a cartoon version of it. Huh. So, so I, sent her a, I sent her a picture of my dad's uh, first car. It was a 55 Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And uh, she made a, a cartoon version out of it. That's awesome. So, That's actually, awesome. if you look at the uh, if you look at the wall behind me, mm-hmm. those are actually all old Cadillac advertisements. Oh, okay. That are okay. that are on my wall. I found a guy on Instagram that was selling all these car ads for five bucks a pop. And uh-huh. I said, "You got any? You got, I said, "You got any Cadillac stuff?" And he's like, "Yeah, tons." And huh. I said, "Well, if I if I buy twenty five of them, can I get them for three bucks a pop?" He's like, "Yeah." So I did. That's cool. And, I, and then I, and then I bought twenty five frames off of Amazon for fifty bucks, and yeah. all over my all over my condo. Yeah, that's neat. That's neat. So. That's sticking with the branding and sticking with all of it. And when you got a love for something like that, it makes it a lot more fun. All right, hey, let's Absolutely. hit your websites one more time. Tell everybody where they can go look and listen. Yeah, guys, this is Michael Kennedy. I am your voiceover. My website is iamyourvoiceover.com. dot com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and TikTok at I am your voiceover. Snapchat is I am your VO because the name is too long. Um, for all of you automotive folks, my website is thecarvoice.com. So it's I am your voiceover.com. I am your voiceover on all your favorite social media channels. I'm very active. Uh, hit me up. I'm on social media every single day. Um, or you can check out my automotive work at thecarvoice.com. Awesome. Awesome. Good to get to know you, Michael. We'll, uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon and uh, enjoy your weekend. I know you've got uh, somebody to take care of there. It looks like they're anxious to get to you. He's, yeah, he's, he's running around watching cartoons and playing with the hundreds of Hot Wheels that uh, he's got all over my living room <laughs> floor. So Apple hasn't really fallen far from the tree, right? With uh, yeah, There you go. More cars. That's right. More, more cars. Yeah, absolutely. More cars. So. Thanks for talking automotive and all things VO with us. I think people are going to enjoy hearing about your journey. And, uh, man, yeah. I wish you the best of luck. And as soon as you hit that uh, hit that 1,000, uh, I'm looking for that post. It, it's coming. It's coming. All right. Knock, knock on all everything. Right. Thanks, Sounds Troy. good. You got it. This has been the VO Life with Troy Holden. If you'd like to consult with Troy one-on-one, visit his website and schedule time at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Join the VO Live Facebook page and interact with other new voice talent. Join the VO Workouts or the Midweek Meetup on the VO Live page events. And be sure and leave a review on Apple.
let us know what you'd like us to cover on the podcast. You can also get all of the episodes on Troy's YouTube page. Just search for Troy Holden Voices. That boy is everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. Next thing you know, he'll have a streaming TV show. God forbid. And I will.